Hello, beautiful people. My name is Golden, and I am a part of the Fire Realm movement. For more free resources, don't hesitate to stop by our website. That is www.firerealmglobal.com. In case you didn't know, I am a music artist, and I love spreading love and positivity all around the world. My EPK is called Golden from Death to Life. You can check it out on our website or on all major platforms. And especially in this trying time, if you're hurting or you're in a need of prayer, please don't hesitate to send us an email. That is firerealminfo at gmail.com. Until then, please be safe and be blessed. Not the black Jesus, like we're talking about, the white Jesus, the Santa Claus Jesus, the grace Jesus, the fire and brimstone Jesus. And what I mean by fire and brimstone, there's a Jesus out there actually that doesn't set you free but brings you into bondage. What do, what do I mean by that? There's a Jesus that people are come together, a congregations that come together that says that you have to um, be so dead in your your personality, in your in the way that you live, in order to live holy. And so now, or in every if if you make any little type of mistake, you're going to hell. There's a Jesus that way. For example. If you come to church right now and what you got on, then I'm talking about the fire and brimstone Jesus. If you come to church and what you got on right now with a nice sweater and some jeans, you know what they're going to tell you? They're going to tell you that you're not holy because you didn't have your head covered. Because you don't you have on pants and you should have on a skirt. As a matter of fact, those earrings you have, Jesus would never get the glory out of your life because you pierced your ears. That's the fire and brimstone Jesus. You get what I'm saying? And then there's a grace Jesus that whatever you do, however you dress, wherever you go, that Jesus is just going to be your best friend no matter how much sin that you do. Long as you say, God forgive me. But if you, but if you don't change the way you live, it doesn't matter. You're born in sin. You're shaped in iniquity. Jesus loves you. But that cancels out the power of God, that he, the Holy Spirit that he gave to us. It cancels out the, the, um, the power of God. Why would I serve your Jesus if I see that your Jesus ain't even changed you? You see what I'm saying? The Santa Claus Jesus. Oh, Jesus is going to give you a brand new house. Jesus is going to give you a brand new car. Jesus is going to give you your husband right now. Jesus is going to give you your business. Jesus is going to make you rich. He's going to make you wealthy. It's the Abraham anointing on you. Just lay your hands on it, name it, and claim it. That's the Santa Claus Jesus. Well, for some people, a group of people, they believe they're money-oriented, Matter of fact, they use the people of God for money. And then they say that if you just sow your seed, 
Jesus is going to give you everything in your heart and everything in your mind and everything that you ever desired or ever wished for. The problem that I have with this gospel is the fact that in this, the real Jesus of the scripture, sometimes you're going to have to suffer. They pre the Santa Claus Jesus preaches that you'll never have to suffer. You never have to go through nothing. It don't take all of that. Oh, you don't have to go to church all the time. You don't even have to read your Bible. Long as you prayed your prayer of salvation, you're good. These are the Jesus Christs that are out there. There even some people believe that Jesus has already come. That's another, another story. That Jesus Christ has already come. Some Jews believe that the, the Christ hasn't come. I mean, I'm sorry. Some, some Jews and some people believe that Christ hasn't come, that they're still waiting for the Messiah. So you know what that does? It cancels out the Christ we serve today. The Christ that we serve today is the Jesus that died and rose on the third day and now has given his power and his spirit to us so that we may have power like him. You know what the power, if I go and lay hands on the sick, right, and the sick recover, or if I be prophesied, or if I cast out a demon, you know what they tell me that, tell us what that is? Witchcraft. Witchcraft. That is the devil. That's actually casting, causing you to do those miracles. And that is not the Holy Spirit, which is the resurrected Christ. I mean, the Holy Spirit, which is the gift of the resurrected Christ in our lives. So, even when you're talking to somebody, and this is so important, even when you're having conversation or you're having dialogue with people, you might, you might hear somebody say, oh, I'm a Christian. And then you might say, hey, man, sister, brother, I'm Christian too. Right? And then you develop these relationships with these people that say they are Christian, that they follow Christ. Your next thing that you should do is Figure out what Christ that they say they serve. Because they may not be serving the true and living God. So you, we develop these relationships with people. And we say, oh, well, they, I can go out with them. I can hang with them. Oh, that's my brother in Christ. Oh, that's my sister in Christ. But little do you know, meanwhile, you're serving the resurrected Christ, the Christ of the scripture, but they're serving the Mormon Christ. Who is the Mormon Christ? There's a, also a religion out there that is called the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon was written by a man that said that he was there with Christ. And this book is not in the Bible, which is the basic instructions before leaving earth that we study and we, and we live by today. Right? Mm -hmm. And basically, a lot of the teachings that in this religion is basically uh, false. One of the things that the book, the Mormon doctrine teaches is that every time you sin, you have to basically discipline yourself. You know beat that. Yourself. Um, beat yourself. And then you got to take communion. Am I right or wrong? You got you to gotta eat bread and take wine as a communion so that you can be forgiven. And that's supposed to make you right with Christ. 
Nothing about their religion says that you need to study the word to show thyself approved, that you need to bear the fruit of uh, Galatians 5.22, that you need to fast. And, 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 and number one, receive God's forgiveness, but now walk out your salvation in the new life that God has given you. But if I say I'm a Christian, and then my sister in Christ says she's a Christian, but she's the Mormon, and, I'm the, and I serve the God of the scriptures, you know what? I've never seen so much religion in my life. Somebody would say to me that, oh, I can't go to your church or I can't worship with you because you don't have a denomination. That's what they'll tell you. A denomination is basically being Baptist or Pentecostal or Seventh-day Adventist or Jehovah's Witness. That's a denomination. But when they say, what denomination you are? I said, I'm just a child of God. Right? So here it is. I, because I say I'm the child of God, you want to persecute me. That I'm sorry, but I live my life according to the scripture. But I'm not Christian because I, I'm not professing Baptist. Do I believe you should be baptized? Yes. Do I believe that you're supposed to have a Pentecostal experience, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yes. But I'm not going to take one simple, Jesus never told, where in the Bible does it say I have caused you to be a Jehovah's Witness? That's your religion right there. No, he said that I will call you as my witnesses to be a witness of the scripture. Not to create a whole watchtower and all this <laughs> stuff. You know, like sometimes, and that's what we do as humans. We're import perfect. And we take one little bit and piece of what we think we know, and we just add our own little story. That's what we do. We do that. So the question is, who is the Christ that you serve? The Christ of the Scripture. And the reason why I say it's Christ of the Scripture, because... There's a part, part of Christ that was abundant in mercy. There was, the scriptures, the scripture teaches us that there's a God, Christ, who was abundant in grace. That there was a Christ who came only to die. The scripture, the scripture tells us that the Christ that we serve was abundant in love. Right? But there's also a Christ part of Christ that says, if you don't take the way out that I'm giving you, you're going to be punished. There's also a part of him that says, no, you can't do everything. There's also a part of him that says, I don't only judge your deeds, but I judge your heart. There's also a part of him that talked about fasting and prayer and, and sacrifice and letting go of the old life and walking into the new. See, these, this part of Christ mm, is not too, too uh, popular. <laughs> we like to hear, oh, Jesus loved me. He died for my sins. But then soon as God starts talking about, now it's time for you to what? Repent and walk into your new life and die for somebody else's sins. We don't want to hear that. <laughs> He's causing us to die for somebody else's sins. Do you believe that? Mm -hmm. 
So what does that mean? He said, just like I have laid your, my life down for you in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, so shall you lay down your life for your brother. What do you think that means? Does it mean to go get crucified to a cross? Mm-hmm. What does it mean? Okay, that's good. That's step one. Repeat the question. So what does it mean to lay down your life for the brethren? Um, to lay down my life for the brethren. To show an example. To show an example. So how do you show an example? You begin to, when he say crucify your flesh, right? That means, think about it. Every single time we deny ourselves, does it feel good? No, it feels horrible. Every time we, we want to do something and we don't do it for the sake of another or for the sake of Christ, we're crucifying the flesh. Every time I want to cuss you out and I don't, I just crucified my flesh. I just laid my life down for you. Every time I want to um, knock me out, knock you out. <laughs> me, you know, <laughs> but every time I want to pop Sophia in the head, and I don't, I just crucified the flesh, let's go even deeper, every time I want to have sex before marriage, right, and I say no, I'm going to keep my temple holy, and I'm going to wait to marriage, I'm crucifying the flesh, I'm dying daily, that's part of sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Every time thoughts in my come into my head of cursing, perversion, lying, all that stuff, guess what I just put on? If, and, I, and I reject those thoughts, guess what I just put on? Uh, 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 helmet of... Yes. <laughs> you put on the helmet of salvation, but guess what? What I just put on when I crucified the flesh, I just put on that crown of thorns. You see it? Every time I want to take my hands and, and steal, for an example, and I don't take it, what I just did, nailed that hand to the cross. Uh-huh. You see, every time I want to walk in a club, I'm just giving a general examples. Every time I want to walk, and thank God I'm over all those sins and stuff, but <laughs> every time I want to walk in a club, and I turn around, I say, nope. God say, be ye, be ye holy, for I am holy. I just put some more nails in my feet. You see what I'm saying? Every time somebody is attacking me or cussing me out and I don't say nothing back to them, I just took that bitter sponge. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, the, 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 the people of God, we love to hear how much God loves us and how much he laid down his life for us, but there's not a popular message about us having to lay our lives down for someone else. Another part of Jesus, which is the Christ, and remember this is just an introduction to the series that's coming soon, is that Jesus was very wise and witty. He gave you the opportunity to think for yourself. That's so important because now there's a gospel where if you step outside of the box or the line that the church think you're supposed to stay in 
then God ain't with you. Anytime, perfect example, when the disciples were on a journey and 5,000 people was following them, following um, them, they all became hungry. And Jesus looked at, I think it was Peter, right? We, which disciple he looked at and asked. He looked at one of the disciples and he asked them, how shall we feed these people? He's going to take a year's worth of our salaries to feed all these people. That's how men thought. But Jesus knew the answer. He knew that he already had the power to feed them abundantly, but he just wanted to see where the faith was in his disciples' heart. That's so powerful. That is so powerful. Why am I saying that? It's because that doesn't, in, in other words, even though God knows us inside and out, he knows the very thoughts in our hearts, and he knows who we are from even being formed when he formed us in, in our mother's womb, he'll still ask us a question. Why do you think he do that? No, not to see what we're thinking, because he already knows. He asks us the question so that we can see ourselves. Because if I said to Sister, Sister Michelle, for example, or Sister Bobo, right? And I said, you know what, Sister Bobo? I'm happy that you come to church all the time, but God just showed me that you're, li you're a liar, um, that you're really not serving him. You're serving him with, you know, actions and not your true heart. What you think Sister Bobo gonna say when she in the front of the church and I tell some hallelujah, thank you. What you think she gonna say to me? She gonna try to rebuke me in the name of Jesus. She said, oh, that ain't me. The devil is a lot. So what God does, he'll ask Sister Bobo, Sister Bobo, just like he did David. Remember that story? When David had slept with Bathsheba, and um, he, you know, he was king, and, and, and the prophet Nathan came to him, and he said, you know, just paraphrasing, he said, what if somebody, what if there was a little poor man, and all he had was one prized possession, and the man, the wealthy man, who had everything, took the only thing that he had. David said, man, let that man be stoned. He said, well, that man is you. He said, that very man is you. But if he went to David, see how, see how Holy Spirit works? But if he went to David and he told David that, no, you, 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 you should be killed, actually, based on you killing that woman's husband and getting her pregnant. You see? So there's a part of God who allow you to think for yourself. There's also a part of God who celebrates. Oh, they don't want you to preach that in the church. They'll say you are a defiled demon. If you, think, <laughs> if you think that our Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, is not a God, is a God of celebration. Let me give you scripture. Jesus and his mother was at a wedding. Uh-huh. And they ran out of wedding. I mean, ran out of wine. And the mama was like, man, I know my son can do miracles, man. 
ask him if he could just do a little miracle so everybody could have some wine. Jesus was like, Mom, we having a good time here, but my time has not come. Chill. You know what the mama said? I guess she said, I'm the mama. She go to the other person, to, 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 um, to the other helpers around in the, the wedding and said, just do what he said. And walk away. And Jesus went and he said, put pour water in these empty pots. And they did what he said. And they poured the water in the empty pots. Right? And when they began, he's saying, serve it to the people. They took the water he poured into the pots and they began to serve it to the people. But when the water came out, it became wine. Why? Out of all the things that Jesus did, why did they put that in the scripture? Because he was trying to set an example of freedom and how he honored, still even honored his mother. It shows that the Bible, because the Bible says, honor your mother and father so that what? Your days shall be long. And, and this is also important. They said, man, the wine, the, the wine was better than the first wine we came. Hey! <laughs> what? You know? But if you preach that in a, in, a, in a religious church, what would they tell you? I teach you to die alcoholics. They'll say to you that you're in error. They'll say to you, you don't supposed to drink wine. They'll say to you, they'll make you feel like you're doing something wrong for having a glass of wine. But if the Lord and Savior, who had no sin, gave a whole wedding, not just wine, but good wine, right? Then what, then he, see, remember, Jesus, and then one thing about Jesus that I love, he doesn't do just anything. Everything he does is with a purpose. Everything he does is trying to teach us something. So it was a reason why he put that in the scripture. There's also a part of Jesus who went into the temple and he was furious at the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They were in the church selling stuff for money. Jesus went into the temple and he flipped the tables and he started beating the animals and the um, people with belt, the belt, like, you know, not beating the animals, but like saying, you know, go, go, go. And he was smacking the people with, with the, um, with the, with whatever whip he had. And he said, you all have made my God's house a den of thieves. And his, the Bible says that his anger raged against them. You start telling people that when they when they want to do when they want to have a five hundred dollar line, a five thousand dollar line, when they, anything they want to do for the community, it always is talking about money, 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 money. They'll stone you. They will stone you, but they'll say, but they they won't mention Jesus' response in the scripture. You know what irks my nerve? Is when I turn on some of these uh, gospel televisions, the gospel shows where someone is prophesying or someone is praying, it doesn't happen too often. But like, for example, have you ever heard of Peter Popoff? No. Well, Peter Popoff 
is like a prosperity preacher. He'll say, you know, buy this and buy that and get buy this handkerchief and buy this water and you're just going to be healed. You're just going to be delivered and God is going to give you $5,000 and God is going to give you uh, all your money, the money in the world. And, and when you look out into the congregation, you have people who are still in depression. Clearly, you have people that are still in sin. He, there's never a, a salvation call. There's never an altar call. There's never even the gospel being preached. Now, yeah, that's, there is a part of God where he will bless you financially. There is a part, part of God that he does require you to sow in the kingdom. That's not what I'm saying. But when you use the word of God to gain money from the people of God, it's, it's just terrible. And, and, and the Bible says, let the blind lead the blind to a ditch. If somebody can never tell you this, what Jesus did on the cross for you, that leads you into a place of a repentance, that leads you in a place of a life change. If they never could preach that to you, but all they want to preach to you is house, cars, money, clothes, and all of that, you're just as worse as them. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're just speaking to you your own desires. And sometimes God would allow people, uh, allow the enemy <laughs> to <laughs> tell us our own desires, and we just follow on right to wherever we think we're going. God will do that. That's also part of God, too. He said, let the blind lead the blind into a ditch. So that means there's a part of God that will let your behind go into the ditch. Oh, no, but God is such a God of grace. He's just this loving God. No. You want to you, you follow false doctrine and false religions and false teachings about who Christ is when you know deep inside that you're only following what makes you your flesh feel good? Go ahead. Go right in the Go let him go head on and follow him right into that ditch. So that's also a part of Christ as well. So this was just an introduction of the Christ, the true Christ, the, the Christ of the living God who died for our sins, Christ of the scripture. And I guarantee you, once you start getting to know the Christ of the scripture, your personal walk with Christ will get better. Because how can you truly have a fulfilled Christian life if you don't know who God really is? And in knowing who God really is, then you really do first. You really do begin to see your own purpose in the world. And know the only purpose for you is not for you to suffer because there's a gospel out there that does that, that says all you got to do is die to your flesh, die to your flesh, die to your flesh, die to your flesh. Oh, you're going over there, but you got to die to your flesh, die to your flesh. You know, you got to suffer, you got to suffer, you got to suffer, you got to suffer, you got to suffer. There's a gospel that does that too. So if you're having fun and you're having a good time and you're acting and you're being like an actual person, they'll persecute you for that. Yep, there's a gospel that says that. There is a part of, of suffering through in a Christian life, but guess what? After the death comes the what? Resurrection. We don't, we don't preach that. We don't preach 
that after I die to my flesh, God will resurrect that part of my life. For example, if, I, if I'm trusting God financially and I die to my will and how I want to make money, right? After I do that, then there's a resurrection. If I, if I refrain from cussing and having sex before marriage and do all the things that the Bible talks about that are not um, his will, and I do it and I keep the faith, there is reward. He said, those who will diligently seek me, I shall give them the desires of their hearts. So in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the misunderstanding, in the midst of the persecution, in the midst of the suffering, by me staying in faith and by me staying in position to still glorify God, he'll resurrect my life again. It's not all about us just giving up, just going through hell all the time. No. If that's the case, then Jesus will be crucified, crucifying, getting crucified over and over again. God is not so focused on what you can't do. He's trying to kill the sin in us so that we can see all what we can do. Because the ultimate goal is to look like him. If he sees parts of you that don't look like him, he don't kill that area. Trust and believe. Even if you don't want him to, you be like, man, I ain't come to church today, man. <laughs> He'll follow you right over there in, in Jamaica and kill that part of you. Why? Because he wants you to receive the reward. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to receive the resurrection. He wants you to be able to say, okay, when Sophia on her yacht, you know what I'm saying? If a demon started manifesting, he wanted to reach over there and say, come out in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? If Malachi in his, you know what I'm saying, two-story mansion, and he over there chilling, you know what I'm saying, he walking down the street and he sees somebody about to fight him and, and, and kill each other, guess what, he, what God want him to do? Stop and pray so that they would disperse without harming each other. Because now he wants you to walk in power. He wants you to be a little God on the earth. That's the only reason why he tell us to sacrifice. Sacrifice your attitude for my patience. Sacrifice your, your selfishness for my giving. Sacrifice your hatred for my love. Sacrifice your perversion for my purity. And once you become that, then he put you out on display. The problem with me was, once I became that, I still wanted to have I'm like, Lord, I like this piece of life. Shoot, I don't want to be bothered with nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but then what he does, he push, he still pushes you there because he, the Bible says that would a man take a lamp and put it under a bushel in a bush and hide it in darkness? No, he gonna put it on the what he said? What about what the scripture is? He's gonna put it on the stand for all men to see. So when you become that light, and th that's what makes me, uh, it kind of like breaks my heart when it comes to the people of God in, in the body of Christ. Everybody's fighting for a pulpit. 
Everybody is fighting for position. Everybody is fighting for notoriety and fame. And, and they, so they compete against themselves and try to press each other down and oppress each other for recognition. Right? But if they understood the scripture, that there is a platform for you. <laughs> there is time for you to shine. There is time for you to speak. There is time for you to to be that lamp on the stand. Christ don't want to display your flesh. He want to display his spirit within you. And that's the problem. We jumping up there in the flesh, talking some old oh, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> right? So that's also a part of Christ that he 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 not he part of him it's Remember we said that there's a purpose and a reason why he does things. So when you're in a place in your life where you, you're confused about the direction that your life is going, why not stop, just like this morning, and get, get revelation? You know why a lot of parts of, some of my, some parts of my life was, and, and, and through the process was so hard for me. Why? Because I didn't know why. I didn't have a revelation. All I knew was God just wanted me to suffer. All I knew is I just had to go through some hell. I just had to be an upright Christian. I had to just go through some hell. But then there was a, through the time of intimacy, there that word is again, through the time of praying and worship and reading and studying the scripture, God began to show me that, okay, the reason why you're going through this is because it is. The reason why, and then guess what? He showed me, he said, the deeper your wounds, the harder the crushing. Because some things can happen that won't push us, that won't expose the brokenness. You get it? For example, if this, for example, a, a guy, a young man is sitting here, right? And he has been rejected and abandoned by his father. And he has a root of rejection and abandonment within him that he doesn't quite see yet. So, by, and I'm the Lord. I know. I see that on him. I see that that's why he's quick to anger. I see that's why he's, you know, impatient or he has low self-esteem and things like that, right? So, this is important. So, here I am. I'm, I know what it's going to take for him to see his own. Remember, just like he calls Peter to see um to ask Peter a question so he can see him himself. One of the disciples when they was feeding the, the, the 5,000 fish, I mean the 5,000 people. Check this out. God sees this young man's pain, right? But he knows what situations and circumstances that he has to take him through in order for that young man to see it for himself. So for example, if she was to come to the young man and poke at him and say, oh, you, you ugly, you can't make it, I don't love you, bye. The young man going to be like, eh, whatever. Hey, leave me alone. But if a, a man comes that's symbolic of a father figure comes to say, eh, you dead, you need to listen, this and that and that and that. Now the, 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 the boy, he explodes. God begins to show him what he needs to see within his own heart. You get it? That was just like me. 
I didn't know that I had such a root of rejection until God allowed me to be rejected. <laughs> but not in a way like, oh, I'm in school, girls don't like me, they want to fight. No. I'm talking about when I come with a pure heart and I come with good intentions and the people who are supposed to have good, uh, good, uh, I thought that had good intentions for me actually was a child of devil. But see, I've been betrayed all through my life, but it was something that displayed, that had to be displayed through a certain type of person that caused me to see the anger that was really there. Let's go deeper. It had, it, see, I don't think y'all are getting this. This is so important. God, God say that we are the clay, right? This is part, another part of Jesus about shaping and molding you. God will put you in situations. Jesus Christ will lead you through the Holy Spirit to be put in situations to cleanse you. But he knows that you will pass with flying colors if you live with your, um, with your uncle. Amen? But he said, no, 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 I ain't going to take you to your uncle's house because you're you going to pass the fine colors for him because you got a little sweet spot for him. But let me make you stay with your mama and your daddy and let them, let them pressure down and say the things that they said to you when you was young because I know just what it's going to take to dig up that old root of hurt. Now you get it? Don't feel bad. I had to live with my grandma, my granddaddy, my everybody. But I knew, and that's why people would say, oh, God would never have you to go back home. Yes, he, yes, he will. He'll have you go and live at a place you don't want to be just so he can heal you. But when you get healed and when you understand the revelation there's a part of Christ that will give you that wisdom you need for the next level. But if you're still fighting and kicking and say, no, God, no, God. You got a few more years in the process. So there's a part of Jesus that will lead you. There's a part of Jesus that will lead you into circumstances that may not feel too favorable to you or be too favorable to you at the moment. A lot of people say, oh, if Jesus lead me, I know everything going to go perfect. <laughs> I know if Jesus lead me, everything is going to be excellent. I know if Jesus led me, I wouldn't be having no problem with this situation. Oh, yeah. Jesus will lead you right into the wilderness. Read in the scripture, Matthew chapter 4. He'll lead you right into your suffering. He will do it. That's also a part of him. And there's this gospel out there to say, oh, you know, Faith without works is dead. You, if you don't do it, it ain't going to get done. They don't believe in you waiting on God to lead you for anything. But the Jesus of the scripture, the Bible said the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness. To what? Be tempted by the devil. Open up Matthew chapter 4 and I'm going to close out. And I want you to read it for me. Matthew chapter 4. Because I can preach, I mean, okay. want to read it for me, Malachi? Yes. All right. For the, for the listeners online. The, 
That's also very, very important. What do, what do I mean by that? Remember when I said there's a scripture that says, if you diligently seek the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. The partial Christians, the partial scripture reading Christians will say, oh, God is just going to give you the desires of your heart. But they don't acknowledge the part where it says, when you diligently seek him. We do that. Oh, God said faith without deeds is dead. Uh, but there's also a part of scripture that says, faith comes by hearing Hearing the word of God. So if God ain't give you no word, then what, what deeds you got to do? If he ain't tell you to do nothing. Uh-oh. So that's just an example that I wanted to give in the introduction of how we're really going to dive in the life of Christ, the Jesus of the scripture, so that we can get the revelation we need, the understanding that we need of who Jesus is and who he has called us to be.